Well, now that I've got your attention, it's Gigi here, the Chatterbox, and welcome to my podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate it more than you know. This is a a podcast where I get to talk and share my experiences of all things to all people, i.e. you guys listening, about everything. Like, there isn't going to be a taboo topic. I want to just share things that have been of interest to me, of help to others, um, questions that we all pose to the universe, I guess, and um, receive some feedback from you guys about what you'd like to hear more of, what you think of my podcast, and what you want to hear less of, I guess. And, And let's make this an interactory experience for us all. So... That being said, welcome to my channel and let's get on to tonight's po- podcast, Papa Cast. Thank you. Hey trippers, Gigi here. How you doing? Today's podcast is going to be Hopefully not too controversial, um, but I do know that it may create some strong opinions either with me or against me. (laughs) I don't really want this podcast to be a with or against or me being right or wrong. Um, What it's going to be about is about... I guess the difference over the years in working in the field I work in, which is welfare... Um, between the baby boomers, i.e. myself, and the new millennials that are up and coming into the field. And how we, I guess, do the same job for the same pay in the same hours, (laughs) very differently. Um, And whether that's right or wrong, I'm not here to judge that. That's not my place to, to make judgment. However, what is my place to make judgment on is how it makes me feel because that's a personal thing and it kind of is mucking with my 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 work ethic, I guess. Um, well, not my work ethic because mine is mine, but the kind of understanding of how other people can have a very different work ethic um, within the same job. I don't – I'm really struggling to understand that. And I know that this is a bit mixed mash on what is she actually trying to say. But um, hopefully it will get a bit clearer as I give some examples. And I would so appreciate some comments. I would so appreciate just your perspective on whether, you know – whether it is, you know, right to have a certain way of working or whether, you know, a new way is in fact maybe better, maybe not, I don't know. But I'll just start by saying I have always had a very strong work ethic and I think that has come from my, in fact, I'm sure it's come from my my upbringing. My parents worked very hard. My father often worked two jobs when I was younger and he built our house and, you know, he always worked and even in retirement, he still does a lot of things. Like he's a very busy person. He's not someone that sits around and twiddles his thumb or 
watches TV or you know does a lot of nothing he he does a lot of a lot of things all of the time and i think i've always I guess that's been my model you know that was my role model and still is and my whole family have always had very strong work ethics like my grandfather was always up very early and off to work and he wouldn't come home till late and you know and then start the day again the same the next day and the day after and the day after and the day after and you know, I don't even remember my grandfather having leave, like a holiday, like what? he They went around Australia when he retired, like that's when he got his holiday. And I'm very much like that myself. Um, I am somebody that believes in um, routine and structure. And so, you know, I have a very structured way of working and I believe that within the field that I work in that I require that structure in order to give structure and routine and stability to those that I'm working with my client group that are often people that have never had structure or routine in their lives and that you know I think they value it I think it gives them a new focus a new way of experiencing the world and and a new way to get things done rather than it just being chaotic you know I see a lot of people that actually settle and are able to make huge changes in their lives once they get a foundation that is stable underneath them you know and that's that's not rocket science that's just human beings I think we all need stability and structure and routine but that's just me that's that's my thought on it and I'm a strong advocate for it, you know. And an example of that is like when I get up in the morning, I set my alarm for a time that I know will allow me to get whatever it is I need done done prior to me getting to work. And I always arrive to work early. I mean, I aim to get there earlier than my actual start hour because I don't want to be someone that just walks in the door and starts straight away. Like that's my time clock on and and that's it. I like to be able to have the freedom of just being able to unwind a bit, like get into my day, take take time to catch up on what had occurred the night before or the day before and look at, you know, look at my plans for the day without just jumping into a meeting or running into a to an appointment, you know? Um, and like I said, I like to get there early. If there's things I need to do prior to work, I adjust the time that I get up to in order to fit that in so that I still arrive to work early. You know, um, that's important to me. But what I'm seeing is, you know, the millennials that are in a whole other age bracket just viewed the world very differently than I I view the world or that many baby boomers view the world, you know. Um, I think baby boomers, like I said, pretty much I think we all enjoy structure and routine Um, and we all pretty much have a very strong work ethic and commitment to our our employment. Um, I'm not sure I see that so much with the millennials, although I'm not able to say whether they have that strong commitment. Maybe they do, but 
they certainly orchestrate it very differently. Um, I often see younger colleagues just meander into work, you know, almost appears like whenever they want, you know. It could be just around the time, the roundabout the start time is kind of good enough in their view. Um, doesn't matter if it's 10, 15, even 20 minutes late. That's okay, you know. It's flexible hours, you know. That's what flexible hours means, doesn't it? Just be flexible. Just come and go when you, when you please. I'm not sure that's what it means, but that's sometimes how it's taken. And what I often see is that rather than them, once they do meander into work, rather than them setting up and getting started for the day, they they will turn on their computer, fluff around a bit more, have a big chat about what, you know, they watched on TV or what's the new series on Netflix or whatever it was that they did the night before. And so they'll have that catch up. So there's another half an hour into their into their morning. And then after that or during that, they'll actually say, oh, I think I'll go for a walk and get a coffee. It's like, really? Like that never, never would cross my mind to do that. It would never, ever, ever cross my mind to turn up at work, start my day on time and then within a half an hour walk out to go and get coffee elsewhere. Like like they're not talking I'm going to go and get coffee in the staff room. They're talking I'm going to leave the premises and go and walk 10 minutes to go and get coffee. And so therefore their go and get coffee time is going to take them away from the premises for 30 minutes. Because by the time they, they walk there for 10 you know, take 10 minutes to get their order at least and then walk back for another 10, there's 30 minutes, you know. But they kind of excuse themselves to do that and kind of give themselves permission to do that by saying to you, oh, would you like a coffee? And it's like, no, I wouldn't like a coffee. Like if I would like a coffee, I either would drink the coffee that the employer has provided me or I'll bring one from home or I'll get one on my way to work in my time limit that I allow myself to stop off and get a coffee. But they think that's okay. You know, they think that it's okay to just, you know, be at work for half an hour and then leave for half an hour. <laughs> you know, I don't, I, I don't know. Is that something that should annoy me? And I don't know why it does annoy me. It annoys me so much. I know, I know, you know, I wish it didn't. I wish it honestly didn't. I tell myself, don't let that annoy you. It's something little. It's not important. But it really does annoy me. It, it annoys me greatly. And it's because I do think it's important. You know, I do think it's, it flabbergasts me because I just can't explain how they think that that's okay an, an okay thing to do. I can't understand that at all. So, yeah, it annoys me. And it kind of is one thing if they do that once a day. But they don't. They do it maybe three times a day. And then on top of that, they may even in the afternoon go for a walk, not even to get coffee, just to get a walk in for half an hour. 
And it's like, um, so in a seven-hour day, for example, let's say seven-hour, you've now taken nearly three hours out of that seven-hour day just to walk the streets, really, to actually leave your place of employment and just walk around with the view of getting a coffee or getting exercise. That does bother me. Call me crazy, but it does bother me. And it bothers me maybe because I'm not doing that. So therefore, and other colleagues aren't doing that. So therefore, when they do it, we're actually left holding the bag of everything. Like we're left doing their work as well. Because when their clients need something and they're not around, we've got to step up and do it for them, you know? And then they'll come back and we'll say, oh, so-and-so needed this, so, you know, I did that. And they'll they'll just look at you like, so? Like, and they'll almost look at you like, well, how dare you raise that with me? You know? Why are you telling me that? It's like, well, um, it was your job that I did. You know? Um, the other side of it is I have a problem with the amount of time that they're not there because if something serious was to happen and it was their role that would have prevented that from happening and they're not there to prevent it from happening, then they can be in a lot of trouble, like big trouble, huge trouble. And they can also find themselves out of a job because – I'm pretty sure that if you're not around for a period of time and something actually happens in the time that you're actually paid to be on site doing your job and you're not there and you haven't actually been given permission, really official permission not to be there, like it's not in your official break time, then that's abandonment of, of employment. And you can be sacked for that, you know, but they don't think of that. It's just like, no, I want a coffee. Oh, no, I need some exercise. I want to stretch my legs. It's like you're not here to stretch your legs or get some exercise or have a coffee 30 minutes, you know, and take 30 minutes to to do all that per time. You're not here for that. You know, and I've had people ask me, well, don't you drink coffee or don't you like to go for a walk? (laughs) It's like... Yeah, I do. I do both, you know. I like coffee and I like to walk. However, I also like to be employed. So, you know, this is my employment and when I'm not here, then I will have buy my coffees and I'll go for my walks. You know, and they look at me like I've got five heads. And I don't – this is where I just don't know who's – you know, is this a new sign of the times? Is this how things have progressed? You know, I mean, in all the years I've worked, which is like 38 years in welfare, and I've never once really thought that I've really worked for me, you know. I mean, I know that, of course, I work for me because I need to work and I need the money to live, as we all do, but I've chosen a profession where I want to help other people, where I want to kind of benefit other people to the best of my ability. You know, I haven't chosen a profession that 
enables me solely to benefit benefit myself, you know. And in saying that, yes, I do get a lot of positives and benefits out of working with with my client groups over the years. And I I love all all the groups of people that I've worked with, all my clients, you know. But I've viewed my role as, um, you know, as working, as living to work, I guess, you know. And, and I think all baby boomers have kind of viewed their employment as living to work. It becomes who you are. It, it forms your identity and very much forms a part of your core beliefs and values system as well, you know. And so you develop your work ethic through that. Whereas I think as time has gone on, a lot of people now very strongly view their employment as being there so that they can work to live, you know, Um, so that they can socialise more and they've got more money to, you know, live the life that they want to live there and then at that time, at that very time. Like they, they clock off right on time regardless. Like it's like, no, that can wait. Hold that thought, you know, don't go and top yourself tonight. Um, I'll be back in the morning because I've got to go and do Pilates or I'm going to go and sit in the beer garden somewhere with my friends or whatever it is. And I think that's the big change. I think the baby boomers, we worked really hard. We worked to live, but not at the time, I think. I think we worked to live in our future, you know, and hope to God we got to that point. So we live for our retirement, not for five o'clock, you know. Um, and I think that's a, a huge difference too. And I think the advancement of technology has played a huge part in it all because I see so many young people just constantly with their own personal mobile phones in their hands constantly throughout the day, throughout, in meetings, in, in training sessions, in, you know, discussions with both clients or other staff members or, or management, you know, they've always got their their own personal, let alone their, their work phone, but they've certainly always got their personal phone in their home, in their hand. And more often than not, they're scrolling on it or they're texting on it, either to someone or or um, in response to someone, you know. Um, and that's something that, you know, I check my phone, my personal phone. I I never really take it out of my bag the whole day. And the only time I would check it is if it rang. And, and then I would maybe get to it um, and check who it was. And 90% of the time I wouldn't answer it. I'd call them back on my way home. You know, but people are not only walking around with their phones, but they're taking private phone calls, you know, away from their desk a lot of the time. So there's more time out of their day. You know, they tend to text their clients rather than ring them. They tend to text their clients rather than walk down and meet with them face to face. You know, they don't use the walk time to go and get coffee to actually invite one of their clients with them so that they can walk and talk with their client. They just really use the, I'm going for a walk as time out. And it's like, how much time out do you need from your day, from your employment day, you know? You're already clocking up 
sometimes three hours because they I've seen them come in, like I said, meander around, go grab coffee, come back. Then at lunchtime, um, they'll t- discuss lunch. What are they going to have for lunch? Whether they're going to order Uber Eats, whether they're going to go out and get it, whether they've got it, what what they're eating. That whole conversation can be about 20 minutes. And then they'll either walk up to get their lunch or they'll prepare it or whatever it is. That takes another 15, 20 minutes. And then they'll sit down for what is supposed to be a 20-minute lunch break for maybe an hour eating it and talking, and then straight after, go for another coffee, like go for a walk for another coffee for another 30 minutes. And then maybe at three o'clock, they'll either go for another coffee, or if they're kind of coffeeed out by then, they'll go for a walk. And yeah, that's annoying to me. You know, call me old-fashioned, call me stuck in my ways, but... I don't understand how that's okay. I really don't. I have no idea how that's all right. And and I have little idea how not only do they think it's all right, but how they actually get their work done. Like how, where, when are they doing their work? Because I'm not seeing a lot of it. There's not much productivity. You know, I also see a lot of purchasing on eBay or on Amazon or on whatever site it is on their computers for personal items, you know. So there's a bit of that goes on as well. And I just think the whole work ethic thing is is totally, I don't know if it's totally gone, but it's just, it's not really held in very high regard at all. And I think where we cross that line is particularly in welfare in that most of the workers are still um, fairly much in the baby boomer age. And certainly most of the CEOs are. So a lot of the rules around and, you know, work code of conduct and work ethics are set by baby boomers. You know, and and yet the millennials, millennials that are coming in are really fighting those systems. Like they're known to not want to conform to, you know, the current the current rules or the current structures, and they see anything that's kind of set in stone as being, you know, old fashioned or had its day, and and therefore they just want to create a whole new really relaxed kind of laid back environment you know they they may be great at um technology and at computers and a bit of a whiz at that but i think when it comes to face to face work they they're really lacking and i think that's why to some extent a lot of the millennials throughout this pandemic have loved working from home because they don't mind that sort of insular silo kind of structure of work where they're just doing it themselves and they're not really in a team or working with others and talking but rather they're just texting or emailing you or their clients and you know maybe doing a lot of fluffing around in between all of that throughout the day because my guess is if they're in a workplace physically and they think it's okay to 
wander the streets for three hours of a, of their work day, then one would have to logically <laughs> question what they did at home during their their work day. You know, do they literally get up in the morning, flick on their computer and stuff around and then turn it off at five? I don't know because, you know, there's there's sometimes not a lot of accountability to what they do during their day. You know, they're, they're not filling out their calendars as to how many hours they're spending doing what. And, you know, that's... I don't know, for them that they, I think, believe and feel that they don't, they don't, they shouldn't have to have accountability. They shouldn't have to have people ask what they're, what they've done or what, what they've produced throughout the day. They see that as um, insulting in a way, you know, Um, as being, I guess, micromanaged, you know, Um, so it's just very, very different cultures. And I, I wonder, my question is, where is it going to, how is it going to pan out? And is it only going to pan out when us boom, baby boomers either retire or die out, you know, and leave the, the workplaces? And then it can be run, I guess, however the new generations want it to be run in a, in a manner that's simply meeting their own needs a lot of the time. And I don't know, but in welfare, that saddens me greatly. It concerns me greatly because having been someone that has put in 38 years into a field of vulnerable people um, that need people that are there for them in the flesh, that can take them places, that can sit and really listen to them, you know, there can actually be somebody that can say to them, look, can you put your phone down for a minute? We need to talk about this. You're, you're important to me and I need you to listen to what you're saying and to listen to what I'm saying. You know, pop your phone away. They don't need somebody that's equally got their own phone out at the same time so that both of them are feeling unheard, unlistened to and feeling like it's kind of an inconvenience even sitting there with each other. I don't know. Maybe that's harsh. Maybe that's unfair. But it concerns me. And I would be really interested to look at in another five, ten years where the whole welfare se- sector is going to end up um, in regard to, to the workers and what sort of work role and you know, interactions they're going to have with their client group and how that's going to really look. I don't know. Maybe we're, we're heading toward toward the Jetsons, you know. Maybe there'll be no more face-to-face. Maybe it will just be via Zoom, you know, via, via computers and via mobile phones, text messages. You know, because one of the new systems that we're just developing at work and apparently other workplaces are using it and have used it for a while now is Microsoft Teams. Now, that's all good and well. And the millennials love it. But they're, they're, they're keen for this because it actually means even more separation from their colleagues, you know. Actually, it means if, even though we might share the same room, 
we don't actually even need to talk to each other anymore, not verbally, because in Microsoft Teams, it's a bit like Facebook. You've got kind of a messenger button. It's not called messenger, but it's, I don't know what it's called, chat or something. Um, But basically, it's like messenger. You just type a message to your colleague, you know, and then you've got another another tab where you can type a message to your whole team like like it's kind of like an email but in a messenger format and it's like yeah that's all convenient and i think it would probably be more convenient if if your whole team was working on from different sites or different buildings or working from home to have that contact like that where it's a bit more kind of private but it's a bit more I guess, personable than um, just a, an email. And you can make it more chatty-like, like I think you can give, give you know, it's kind of like a bit of a clap or a thumbs up or something like that, a bit of encouragement gestures and stuff like that. But when you're working in the same damn room, do you need that? Just a question. Do you really need that? Do I need to give you a thumbs up from my computer when you're sitting opposite me? You know, because I kind of think that's a bit sad. Like, you know, we're never going to talk to each other again. Are we all going to become people that can't have a conversation? And maybe there's certain work fields that maybe you don't need to have a conversation with your colleagues. But when you're working in the welfare sector, you really do need to talk, you know. Like my whole bread and butter is based on talking and communicating and my whole ability to help people change their lives and better their situations is based on being able to communicate verbally with them on that level. So it's just food for thought, but I'm not sure where we're headed. And I'm not sure as, you know, maybe as our managers in these fields encouraging these sort of, you know, platforms is necessarily a positive thing because we're encouraging isolation and lack of communication and lack of social ability, you know. We're certainly not promoting it. Like are we going to soon have meetings that are just on our computers with our backs turned to each other yet we're all in the same room? Like rather than just getting up off our desk and meeting at a, at a, around a table and talking and maybe having some dips and crackers and stuff. You know, um, I don't know where it's all going. And I don't, I don't know, am I just, am, am I really just that old and stuck in my ways that I think some of this is, some of it is good, but some of it is not necessarily even needed um, within the welfare sector especially when you're working face-to-face with people, like whether you're working in welfare of whatever kind, like whether you're working in youth, child and family welfare, whether you're working in medical, whether you're working in disability, whether you're working in drug and alcohol, whether you're working in corrections, you know, the whole gamut. But wherever you're working, when you're working specifically face-to-face with clients, and, you know, I mean – you know, um, those well, those medical calls called, I'm not sure, I can't remember, but, you know, when you have a Medi-Health or what's it called? 
many health or something. Anyway, you know what I mean when the doctor rings you. Telehealth. There we go. There we go. I knew I'd get it eventually. Anyway, telehealth. When you have a telehealth call, I would really hope that one day they don't totally replace face-to-face. I mean, there's a need for face-to-face. Like if I've got something growing on me that shouldn't be growing on me, you know, I don't want to be the one that necessarily has to give the description to my doctor in case I can't describe it very well. He might just go, oh, yeah, don't worry, it's a skin tag. And then two months later, I die of cancer, you know, Um, or because I haven't been able to actually give a proper description over a phone call, you know, or I've taken a photo off off my Zoom camera that is blurry and he can't actually see it properly, you know. I don't think it replaces face-to-face meetings or appointments. And I would certainly be a strong advocate that the way we're developing in society and in, you know, the health profession and the welfare profession um, doesn't continue to be so isolated. So... Yeah, anyway, drop me a line, um, add your comments, let me know what you think because, you know, you you might have some equally as strong arguments as to why it should continue like this and why, you know, why it's better. I'd love to hear that. I really would. Oh, sadly, we've come to the end of tonight's podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate you more than you know. And um, I'm going to miss you until we next meet again. So here's a kiss on the forehead from me. Take care. Be safe. Look after each other. Be kind. And we'll chat soon.